episode 81 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello! And Matt Cassell. Hey, McSauce casters. It is Monday night, November 10th. It feels great to be back in the saddle, as I missed last episode. Due to some vacation time. <laughs> Suspension! Oh, no. You can't suspend the one of the podcast. Like Crowley, that's what brings people back to Supernatural. For tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little Star Wars Episode 7 title, and we're going to talk about the exact same event that Marvel and DC are doing next spring. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. But before we get into uh, Star Wars and comic book goodness, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Uh, go to mixsauce.com, check out the reviews, the webcomic that we slave over each and every day for you guys. You can check that out on Tuesdays and Fridays. We also have this lovely podcast on Wednesdays. You can go to the Facebook page and have a nice conversation with Dominic Yossi and myself. You can leave us some some nice uh, information about what kind of things you would like us to talk about on the podcast. Feedback on the webcomic or just comment on the reviews. I know that we've had a few of those, so that's always helpful to guide us in our uh, the things that you want to hear us review in our uh, on our page. Getting stuck here, man. I don't know. I'm out. Rusty. Yeah. I don't know why. It was a big dinner. <laughs> I only had one piece of pizza, so... That was for me. Uh, I also only had one piece of pizza. Yeah, pizza count, early pizza count. I, I had two. I had a couple of those plain-ass breadsticks. Uh, That's what it was. Just I to had, get rid of them. I had two of those plain breadsticks, and they're throwing my game off, man. Terrible. You can go to iTunes and subscribe. It'll send it the podcast right to your mobile device or your computer. Matt has a nice new computer. Are you subscribing to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast on your new computer? Mm, yeah, everything transferred over. Fantastic. The, the most exciting aspect is we are recording this episode on the new machine. So if it sounds like crap, then... It's the new computer's fault. Go to Stitcher and stream our show. You can also go to Podomatic, stream or download there. And as I was talking about last week, some of the classic episodes can be found at McSauce Podcast. Um, at Libsyn.com, you can find episodes 1 through, I believe it's 13 at this point there. Um, L-I-B-S-Y-N. <coughs> I feel like when you just say Libsyn, you liberated, never really know how the fuck it's spelled. Yeah, it's Liberated Syndicate, but yeah. Libsyn, Libsyn.com, McSauce Podcast at Libsyn.com. You can find those classic episodes. We're moving all of our stuff over. In the next couple of months, we'll all be on one happy page. But for right now, you can find us in two different spots. So if you wanted to go back and check out some old vintage stuff, then go ahead and visit that page. Uh, but tonight, we're going to talk about some new things. Some Marvel DC wackiness and some Star Wars stuff. Why don't we kick things off a long time ago with Matt Cassell. You want to start with that? That's fine. 
You do not. I guess you don't want to start with. I that. thought we would we would end with it, but we can start with it. I in my brain, I just had the show opposite what apparently you had in mind. Right. That's okay. I feel like this is gonna. I, I feel like this is. This is why we suspended Paul in the first place. I feel like this is gonna be the main course of conversation tonight. Dude. Agreed. No, I agree, but I sort of looked at it as dessert. Ooh. Oh, that's a, a big dessert. So it, It's a big-ass dessert. So, comic book events, plain breadsticks. Star Wars, pepperoni and sausage pizza. Dipped in garlic sauce. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's, let's do uh, kooky DC events. DC Marvel events. Yeah. So, next spring... Marvel and DC are essentially doing the exact same events. Uh, DC's is called Convergence. Marvel's is called Secret Wars. But wait a second. Didn't they already do Secret Wars in the 80s? This is the fourth Secret Wars that Marvel has done. They did Secret Wars 1 in 1985, something like that. They did Secret Wars 2 at some point after 1985. And then they did Secret War which was written by Brian Michael Bendis. They did that, what, five, six years ago? I don't even know. I don't even know. I really don't know. And now they're revisiting Secret War Wars. Once again, the House of Ideas going back to the well, which, frankly, is dry. The House of Ideas, it's so tongue-in-cheek right now because it's like one idea that we're just going to keep recycling yeah, over The House over of Idea. Again. That's what it should be. So Marvel, since we're talking about <coughs> Marvel and the House of Ideas, uh, Secret Wars is going to be based on the original Secret Wars and it will have some kind of tie to the original story. The entire Marvel universe is all connected so stuff that happened in Secret Wars in 85, I guess, will have some kind of relevance in this new Secret Wars. It's just not the, the movie Marvel Universe that's all connected. Correct. Okay. It's but everything. I think that they're pulling in the Ultimate Universe, so it's all, everything. Do you think that they're going to do New Universal? Remember that shit that they tried to do in the mid-80s where they tried to start an entirely new universe so that was not connected? Let's, yeah. lay, let's lay, the, lay the groundwork for... Secret Wars. It will be a 12-issue maxi-series running sometime in April April and May. Um, Is it a monthly series? I monthly. Believe, yeah, or, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 12 months? Is it... That sounds right. That, I don't know. I just heard 12 issues. That sounds I believe very it's a monthly series. un-Marvel to come out once a month. It seems to me like it'll come out every, you know, three to four days. Yeah, so, well, during, during this huge event, no one knows what's going to be happening in the regular... Marvel books. Uh-huh. In the original Secret Wars, all of the regular monthlies jumped ahead to all the characters returning from... Where were they? Uh, the Battle World. The Battle World. Uh, all the books jumped ahead to what happens when they get home from the Battle World. Right now, a lot of mysteries. There's more answers about DC's stuff than there are, than there are Marvel's right now. Because it's a secret... <clears throat> Dummy. <laughs> it's right there in the title. Were you not? Please try to pay attention. So what Marvel is doing is they're taking all of their different, all their different universes, their own Elseworld stuff, and they're bringing them all together on Battleworld, which is Earth broken up into different 
countries like the 92 X-Men series, the Scotty Young A vs. X Babies, Planet Hulk, Age of Apocalypse, Days of Future Past, Civil War, <coughs> all these different tentpole Marvel stories will all be happening on one Earth fighting together. And the trailer that we just watched, it has a map and you see these different comic book series pop up and then they go to a place on the map and I'm looking at the map and I was like, man, the earth looks way different than I thought it was. I must not have paid any attention in school. <laughs> but then it was Battle World. Battle World, not uh, Earth. It's not Earth. Battle. Yeah, because it's not say, Earth. I don't recognize any of these countries. But and the continents are the same. They are. Mm, I thought so. It did not They're not. Work. No, there's like a big chunk in the middle. Like, so it, there's still a it there's might, still a counterfeit Atlantic Ocean. Ooh, is there? I mean, it it looked like it was. It, looked it like was Pantasia. joined. In, that's what I was gonna say. It looked like it was joined in the center. I don't know. Pangea is the way. Pangea is the way that the Earth was before, uh, right. like in the time of the dinosaurs or the time of the dinosaurs TV ABC gotcha. series. I'm gonna look this up right now while you two are discussing Pangea in the battle world. So yeah, uh, they'll be sending. Doesn't it just make you feel like a gigantic nerd to even talk Pangea in the oh, battle yeah. world? Yeah, you guys are you guys are absolutely right. Super excited about my knowledge of Pangea. But it's not even Pangea Earth. It's just Battle World. It's its own thing where shit's going to go down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, um, I mean, it'll. I think it will be interesting to see Ultimate Universe and the Age of Apocalypse... So, Storylines meet up and, and do all that shit. I'm confused. Well, um, yeah, I am too. Are they are they taking these classic storylines and they're plucking the characters out? Like, for example, I saw Old Man Logan as one of the, the seminal Marvel titles or Marvel storylines. It's going to be kind of a part of this. Are they taking Old Man Logan, that character, and, yes. and having him, that character, fight against a character from another storyline? Is that how it's working? I'm, I'm assuming story, that that's how it's... No. The well, they could be taking that Old Man Logan out of Old Man Logan, or take all the inbred Hulk family out of that story right. and put them... I think it is pulling characters so, out of that so that you can have your cake and eat it, too. We killed... Logan, we killed Wolverine in the regular Marvel Universe, but we need to have him back. This is a way to do it. We want to change Spider-Man. We want it to be Miles Morales. So we're going to pull him out of the Ultimate Universe, and we're going to make him our Spider-Man somehow. But at using the same this time, as so the diehards are happy. We, we are also going to have one of those battle worlds be... The happy happy Mary Peter Parker, Peter Mary Jane, and Mayday. This Parker. is the yeah. This Probably is the, the ultimate, dumbest name for a child. It's the ultimate have our cake eat it too situation where we get to pick and choose all of the characters that we deem important <clears throat> and put it into the regular Marvel universe without ever rebooting it. Technically, but what's going to happen after this is. 
is this new Secret Wars just laying the groundwork for the all-new Marvel that's teased at the end of the trailer? Yeah, 100%. But this is the way that they can say, well, it's an entire story and it changed the universe, but it's not a reboot. So it's just all new. What they're doing is all-new Marvel is new 616. Yes. It's new 52. Because they're like, you know what? We don't really like the way Superman's going, but we like Batman and Green Lantern. So we're going to keep all that together, and we're just going to repackage it. New 52. So now 100%. We're, we, we're, you guys think we're getting all new Marvel that way. Like, they're just new universe after this thing. I think so, yeah. And and you're going to have... You're going to have... A few different Spider-Men. You're going to have your Wolverine back in place. You're going to have whatever version of Iron Man we find is the most popular. Do we like the Ultimates one the best? Put him in there. Well, that's Robert Downey Jr., right? That's what we're going to do. Which Captain America do we like the best? We'll no, pick that's and... not true. The Ultimates one isn't Robert Downey Jr. That The Robert... The Ultimates Iron Man's way too, like, much of an asshole yeah. to be Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is likable. They're going to pick whatever the they feel the best versions or whatever of these characters and, and form their new universe the, using this as like the plot device. To the do. good thing that will come out of this is it seems like this will be the final nail in the coffin for the ultimate universe. They're going to obliterate that, that universe once and for all. It probably should have ended back when Jeff Loeb wrote that, that atrocious... Three. Um, no, it was... Ultimatum. Ultimatum. Right. Uh, one of the worst crossover storylines of all time, where basically he had carte blanche to kill everyone that he wanted to. And they said, did. kill people in the most gruesome way you feel. And, <laughs> and it was it was a bit of a reset with like lasting repercussions, but it, it was done in a universe that hadn't really like kind of... The roots hadn't taken yet, you know? Like, it, you didn't really... It was rushed. A little bit. I mean, it just... And, and the deaths of certain characters only got, you know, like, a panel's worth of attention. And, it, and then it was on to the next killing. It was, like, too much too fast. It just didn't respect <clears throat> any of the characters at all. It just hacked through them like a horror movie. Yeah, it was really bad. And Did that, you both read that? I did, yeah. Yeah. I did not. No? You were an Ultimate yeah, Universe I saying, fan I, I, of that, too. I think it was only about I think I have all issues. the Fantastic Four trades but leading it, up to it, all the Spider-Man. Didn't Spider it also suffer from delays? Like, because David Finchin was on art, and I thought that... Do you need a five-hour energy for guys? I'm a little sleepy. Oh, yeah. no. Why don't you go pound a fucking Coke in there? Drink it faster. We No one likes hey, to uh, Coca -Cola. on a podcast. A Coca-Cola, not a line of Coke. <laughs> I almost prefer him do the coke do, at this point. You know what? Do that line of coke that we have sitting in there. <laughs> anyway, I thought that it it was delayed a lot. David Finch was on the artwork. Um, Jeff Loeb did the story, and he did just kind of run with it and do whatever the hell he wanted to. It was and, really weird the way that they just disregarded like major characters. Wolverine died in it. Uh, Cyclops, a lot of the X-Men. Professor X, uh, Magneto died, I believe. And, yeah, it was a complete reset. I, but I, Did they think that fans wanted brutal death? I don't Is know. Is that what, what we were calling for? What? And I've said this before, but my biggest problem with the Ultimate Universe was the entire 
inspiration for this universe was we're going to make it accessible for new readers because it's not going to have a bogged down continuity. Each book is going to be self-contained. Um, but it was inevitable that it would get bogged down with continuity and it being a big time company. I'm, I'm not just accusing Marvel because if this was DC, it would have been the same thing. Eventually, you're going to have crossovers. Not only that, then they started crossing it over into the 616. Well, it's, it's what's happening with the new 52. Like you, yeah, can't, you can't reboot everything forever and have it not get bogged down in continuity. Right, right. Eventually, there's going to be that continuity, and then you're going to be like, oh, this is just as confusing as it was when we rebooted. And I, th I think that we touch on this all the time. If it's confusing to you, it's confusing because... You haven't read everything, but if you're excited about it and the stories are well written and the characters are someone that you want to follow along with, then you'll go back and you'll research right, and you'll right. find that. Well, I mean, that's the, the beauty of like new writers coming on to a book or a new story arc where they, they make it a point. There's a great opportunity for new readers to jump on. It's not Let's the number one on the title. It's the storyline and the creators that's important. Let's jump to what DC's doing simultaneously because a lot of the stuff we're talking about now is applicable for what both companies are going to be doing afterwards. So DC is moving their offices from New York to Los Angeles. It's been in the it's been in the works for a while now. You should be happy with that. It's it's like it's some weird cosmic thing that all of my favorite shit winds up out there. Uh, so like I, I don't really understand why this applies to the comic books. But during April and May of 2015, DC is putting a halt on all of their monthly books in order to do this story called Convergence, which is essentially Secret Wars for DC. Uh, Brainiac takes a bunch of different worlds from all of DC's most famous stories. There's going to be characters, a world from the old 52 that is beloved and well-regarded and cherished by hardcore DC fans. There's going to be stuff from the new 52, which fans pretty much like, but then you'll have like Red Sun, Superman, Commandy, the Dama the Giffen DeMatteis, um, JLA, funny stuff. Kingdom All these Come is going to roll in the, with that. Kingdom Come, the Flashpoint universe. Same thing that Marvel's doing, taking all these tentpole stories they've done over the years, putting them all together on Brainiac's Blood Moon, opening up all these worlds and having them fight each other. We know that there's a character called Tellus that is the catalyst for all this happening for DC. We don't know how, if he's a bad guy worse than Brainiac, but he's the one that's really... He's the bad guy for this story, I guess. But DC, same thing. I mean, what, there's so much speculation about what's going to happen after this. But DC's is a weekly book for nine weeks, nine issues, but at the same time in those nine weeks, there will be 40 two-issue storylines and a sh and 40 different, there will be 40 different stories detailing what's going on those in, are the, in the main title. The Convergence crossovers. Yeah, the ancillary titles. You don't need to read them, but they're there. Right. <coughs> that's, a, that's 89 <coughs> books. And nine weeks. Nobody's really gonna get all those and read all so, those. That's, some people will get them and read all people, of them, but some lunatics. Right, but most people are not interested in following that. No, and I, I, I applaud Marvel for not coming out and 
laying out the whole strategy yet. Maybe it's a little early. Because right now, Marvel's is a lot more palatable. Marvel's like, hey, you're going to get a 12-issue monthly story. Secret Wars, it's going to be great. DC's like, we're giving you a million fucking books in two weeks. And I guess one thing that Marvel's also doing, there, the one thing that Secret Wars in the 80s was famous for was kind of that crossover appeal. There were the toys that we're all familiar with from the Secret Wars. Marvel has made deals with Gentle Giant, Hasbro, Upper Deck, Hot Topic to push just the Secret Wars branding. It bothers so they're me trying that that to like put such, that out there. It bothers me that that's such a point of every article I've read about Secret Wars. That the big marketing push behind this is just as big of a bullet point as the actual story. I think it's um, an attempt to maybe make the comic books something more relevant to the, to the mainstream. The movies, as success, successful as they have been, still isn't... It's not pulling new readers into the stores. It's just and not. It's arguably, Marvel's greatest line of toys are the Secret Wars action figures. Yeah. Right, but when you say that they've struck all these deals, something tells me the majority of these things, like the... The merchandising that you'll see at Hot Topic and Gentle Giant, they're going to be throwback versions that are are more in line with the original Secret Wars stuff. You think like, so? I do. Yeah, I think. Which would be cool. Like, I think we would be right, into it's that. Vintage is cool. You know, people would rather wear like that classic Secret Wars shirt versus like something like uh, an Alex Ross painted cover on their shirt. But I think, like, don't they already, aren't there already, you know, options out there for them to provide vintage stuff? Yes. I think this is all focused on that, on the new stuff. Maybe that's true, but I would be really surprised if the majority of the push wasn't classic Secret Wars. It'll stuff. be interesting to see where they go. Yeah, the big the big marketing push seems seems weird to me because they're it's they're really upfront about it. But like we don't know what's going on with Marvel's books. We don't know what else is coming out during that time. To me, it so, feels really really early for these companies to be talking about April. April. Books. Yeah. I mean, it's just barely November. But aren't aren't the previews magazines? Don't they run like two months early? Two months early. So we know what's happening in January already. And solicitations Maybe, constantly. Yeah point us in the direction of where they're going you know if there are major deaths or whatever happens we right. always already know about you know a couple months in advance right the thing that worries me about convergence is that they're bringing on jeff king the writer of usa's white collar to head the whole storyline and he's a tv writer that has never done a comic book before what worries me I mean, <laughs> what worries me is his guide into this comic book world is Scott Lobdell. Yeah, that was the other thing. He's co-writing for writing garbage on top of garbage. He's the co-writer of that thing, um, and yeah, that's those are not good ideas. Like I I'm, I'm all for new, new blood coming in. You know, they were. I, I get, it must have been Dan DiDio or Jim Lee talking about uh, Jeff King coming in. And they're like, well, you know, we think it's really good to bring in a guy who isn't tied to all this stuff, who's going to look at this with fresh eyes and not going to have, not going to be tied to certain characters or certain events. He's coming in brand new. That's going to give this thing a brand new feel. But then I'm like, well, why do you put Scott Lobdell with him? 
He's done nothing good. But that's he's like their 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 main guy. He's one of their main writers on a lot of important he's books. He's kind of steered the ship on Superman for the last year and a half or so. And it, Superman is a character right now that is in shambles. That character is begging for some kind of. Every time creep. Scott Lobdell gets on a book, I drop it because it's not good. Yeah, and I would imagine that a lot of people feel that way. Uh, Superman sales aren't what they should be for that character. They've tried to boost Superman two times since the New 52 launch. They tried one time with putting Jim Lee and Scott Snyder, two of the hottest creators, on the book, which only lasted nine issues. Now that series is over, Superman Unchained. Then they tried it more recently with Jeff Johns, their most tried and true writer, with an equally tried and true artist in John Romita Jr., who, who made the leap from Marvel, longtime Marvel artist, finally coming to DC after, uh, I know that he's done some DC work, but it's been probably decades. And, um, and, and yet that wasn't enough to, to generate any kind of excitement. It's not, that story has been so boring. It's been so fucking boring. And I don't even think John Romita's artwork is all that great. I don't know if maybe it's clunky inks by Klaus Johnson over oh, top of it. Let's just go there and say that it is because anything that Klaus Johnson has done, besides the Jansen, Jansen Johnson, 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 is it Johnson? Let's go with Johnson. I like that. Dark Knight Returns, love that stuff, but that was a one-hit kind of deal. Other than that, everything else, not very good. Yeah, uh, and like Klaus Janssen, J A N S O N. Yeah, he's from Germany. It's Janssen. Janssen. Klaus Janssen. He's okay. Yeah, he's Klaus Janssen. How oh, he's gonna go down to Paris? Yeah, he was. He was born. <laughs> he's in, gonna still get that Belgian beer in that. But Klaus Janssen was born in in Coburg, Germany. Right. Yeah, I feel like Ramita Jr. stuff isn't up to par on, on this on this series. Well, but but you're also saying that the story's boring no, and it's, it's there's nothing good about it's, it. It's and Jeff Johns. It's not like he has a bad track record even with Superman. He told some great Superman stories with Gary Frank. So yeah. it's almost like the Superman franchise. It's just cursed. They should probably just cancel all those books and move on from it. I mean, probably. I'd be fine with that. Let's cancel the books. Sell the rights to Sony. That sounds good. <laughs> They'd probably do amazing things with it. The amazing Superman. Electro Brainiac. Get behind that. At this point, I'm like, well, no, no, no. Well, I think some artists are just really good fits for certain characters. I think that John Romita Jr. is a Spider-Man guy, and he pretty much shouldn't draw anything but Spider-Man. Not that he can't do other characters, he clearly can, but Spider-Man is the best character that I've ever seen him draw. He's a um, uh, like street-level kind of deal. His work on Daredevil was really great. Yeah, but even like his more recent Captain America stuff, where he was on, what was it, maybe like he's, Planet X or something? Yeah, maybe he's that just not... Cool. You know how artists lose it? Maybe he's kind of on the downswing. I, so. I don't think so at all. Because you thought the, cap the fairly recent Captain America stuff was great. 
But you you like the Superman stuff. No, you said I thought you said it was bad. You weren't you just I saying think it was his bad? artwork was really good on it. On really? Superman. Yeah. No, no, no. On on, on Captain America. America. See, I thought it was bad. But it it wasn't what I prefer to look at. But a tech from a technical standpoint, I can't pick out anything that oh yeah, that's worse than what he did on Spider-Man. See, I feel like this is because I feel like there are clearly panels that are rushed and just like face angles that are just smushy and not Maybe they sharp are. and strong. But DC Comics, ever since the new 52, has been on a really strict schedule. So th there could be some truth to him being rushed on the book. However, he is, I think, notably one of the fastest pencilers in comic books. I mean, there was a time when he was drawing like three books at once. Like Spider-Man and Kick-Ass and something else. Another creator-owned thing, I think, with Icon. But you feel like he's just not a good fit for Superman. Well, who, if we can do our dream lineup then and revitalize Superman and, and put the best penciler with the best writer, what are we gonna what are we gonna go with, Matt? Gary, Gary Frank. I I agree, Matt. Who would you put? Um, to 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 re-energize the character. Um, Man, I don't know. I would get somebody that... Scotty that, Young is my pick. I would get somebody that's got a lot of energy on that brings a lot to the page. Um, I don't know. Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim could draw it. Kind of get, get some classic Superman going, and I don't know who I would have write it. Um, yeah, I think Bruce Tim could do it. I think there's a lot of like energy and excitement in his in his illustrations. So yeah. I go back to that the Legion of Superheroes, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank stuff. Man, that stuff blew me away. I don't necessarily like Superman, and I hate the Legion of Superheroes. That shit's stupid. I fucking hate the Legion. But, but I, that's man, the only time I love I like that those. story. It I was know, great. That's the only time I fucking like those idiots. That run right there that they were on um, with the, the Brainiac, it led into that. Yeah. I don't know if there's stuff afterward. But if I had to suggest new Superman stuff, that's what I would tell somebody to pick up. I would like Jeff Lemire to write Superman in Metropolis. Jeff Lemire does good down home. Keep it local stuff. The yeah, he does. Justice League United that he did, I had to drop it. Because I think it was too big, and I think it was so far out of his wheelhouse that it got too unwieldy and shit was just all over the place. But yeah. if he did Superman and he kept it about the character and kept everything close to home, I think it would I think it could be great. Well, Jeff Lemire wrote Essex County, which it was an independent book. I think Top Shelf Publishing put it out and uh, it's like a collection of uh, I guess short stories that take place in Essex County, Canada. Um, and I read, not the entire thing, it's actually quite a hefty collection, but I read some of the stories in it. And it was good. I felt like, um, I, I guess using the word, I connected with the characters. That sounds kind of, um... Pretentious? A little bit pretentious. And what does that even mean, I connected with it? But I, but I really did enjoy the characters that they created. Um, that, that Jeff Lemire had created in this series. <clears throat> um, if he were to bring that approach to a Superman and, and let the story be very character-driven, which it 
almost never is. Right. It's always big events, big stories, because I feel like the writers feel like they have to match his big powers with something that, that can be a threat to him, where, I mean, we talked about it on our horror episode, attack Superman from a different way, like on an emotional level. And something that, that bulletproof skin is irrelevant And that's to. one of the problems with all these Superman <clears throat> books, is that every writer that gets on it needs to write some kind of Superman analog. It's Ulysses in the Jeff Johns one, it was Wraith in the Scott Snyder one. Stop writing a character that's just like Superman. Yep. Right? That's Make him not what's the only character. <laughs> That's why Lex Luthor is a great villain to him because he's completely not like that. He comes at him from you know he uses his mind, his wealth, his influence to attack Superman. So along with you know both of these events are portend great changes once they're finished. Yeah, we'll see. There's rumors that DC could be going back to the old DCU after this. Doing away with the new 52 entirely. I can hear having, your boner from here. Oh, it'd be so great. Having a amalgam using them both. Yeah. Having just blown multiverse wide open and having like, this is your Red Sun Superman book every month. This is your DCU Superman book every month. I could see them going with an amalgam approach, like taking the things that are working and kind of, you know... You know what's working in the new 52? Nothing. <laughs> Batman's working for a lot of people. I know that you're flaming out on Batman. But a lot of people like that book. You're out of Green Lantern. You're you're not in with that. Justice League Dark? No. No. My, um, my what, DC what book Swamp Thing has have been down off. to Future's End. Gee, I'm trying to think. I mean, Wonder Woman started off really Aquaman. strong. Aquaman. And tanked. Um, so yeah, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe nothing's working. Paul Image Comics has some nice titles you might be interested in. I buy two Image books regularly, Nailbiter and, and Saga. Saga. I think that they're going. Both companies are going to do an a la carte style, pick and choose with their characters. They're going to pick the best versions that they decide and create monthly books featuring those characters. I'm not, you know, now that now that we're talking about it, like I've dropped a lot of my DC stuff over the last couple months. Yeah, what do you regularly get? Thinking about get? what's working, like I get Future's End and uh, Batman and Robin, but Batman and Robin has really been off on its own. It's really been doing its own thing. Yeah. Um, I've been getting Aquaman. The Flash? No, because Scott Lobdell started writing it. Oh... Uh, I was getting Detective, but Bucciolato and Manipul got bumped off of that. So Who's the yeah. current team on that? Because the art's real, like, scratchy and kind of... I have no idea. Real pulpy looking. It actually looks sort of like an Alex Maleev type of thing. Maybe it is Alex Maleev, I don't know. Uh, I think next month Manipul and Bucciolato are getting back on that. So um, I will... on uh, Detective. Oh, I thought that they only had one one arc, and that was going to be it. No, they're they're getting back on, so I'll I'll pick it up again. But other than that, like I drop Justice League Dark, Justice League United. So you really? Oh, liked, I'm still getting Justice League. So you really liked their their detective run? You thought that was a good storyline? I thought it was okay. I thought they laid some groundwork to make some things better. Like all the stuff they did with Bullock was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like all the Bullock stuff was great. He stole that whole story. The Batman story with busting up the 
the two gangs. I thought it was pretty standard, pretty run-of-the-mill type stuff. But I thought the artwork was great. I thought the Harvey stuff was good. The The play between Harvey and Batman was really cool. So early predictions, what do we think is going to be the end game with Convergence? Once it's done, what's it going to do to the DCU? Do you, do you expect, Paul, like some kind of mix between? Because I know Ian said that he thinks it'll be like kind of a you pick and choose what you like. I think, for, working, I think DC is really going to try to play up the whole multiverse thing. Like they're doing with the movies now. They're like, well, there's Arrow Flash, there's Flaro Universe. Yeah. And then there's the TV stuff, but then there's the Gotham universe, the Constantine stuff. They're just all this exists in one DC universe, but it's all separate. So I think they're with Graham Morrison's multiversity that's running up until then. When is that when does that start? I think it started last month. Oh it did? Okay. Yeah. Are you getting it? No. It's Graham Morrison, it's wacky high concept shit. I can't handle that. Just gonna read the cliff notes and correct. So I think they're really gonna play up the multiverse stuff, and you'll get a commandy book that's by itself. You'll get new Teen Titans, the you know Perez type stuff by itself. You know they're gonna find a way to bring Donna Troy and Wally West back, the original Donna Troy and Wally West, not this imposter that Scott Lobdell made up in the current Flash book. But are they going to be doing all these things with Scott Lobdell playing such a key role in all this? I mean, he ruined a whole bunch of stuff, and now this is his chance to play a hand in ruining it even further. I don't... I can't... Maybe I'm alone in my burning, white-hot hatred no, of Scott Lobdell. we all feel the same I've, as you do. Mine goes back further than yours, because I have never read anything from him going all the way back to probably the mid-90s. I was like, hell yeah, because he was on X Men for a while. He was the driver. That's where he made his bank. Because he was the emergency writer on a lot of books back then, whenever the big image shift went, and they were scrambling for creators at that point, and they put Scott Lobdell on. Well, yeah, Marvel, Marvel didn't really lose any writers. Well, I mean, it was during that time where there was a vacuum of talent. Who wrote? Jim Lee wrote X Men when he first. Chris Claremont wrote no, no, no. the first couple Uncanny issues. Uncanny X. You're talking Uncanny. I'm talking hmm. X. Chris Claremont wrote the, the first couple issues when they killed Magneto. Oh, okay. And they had they were on. Um, was it Planet M? That's when in space. I hate it. It was the his space station with acolytes. Chris Claremont and How Chris Claremont guy, was on that. Who have you ever read anything from him that you liked? Because apparently... Didn't he write Days of Future Past? He did. Um, did you like that? Yeah. Well, I guess he's written one thing, though. He was part of the Executioner's... Not the Executioner song, because that's Scott Lobdell. Extinction, um, Extinction Agenda. That was a crossover, but I like that a whole lot. Isn't he the X-Men writer? He's responsible... Yeah. He was good at creating iconic characters. Um, almost every... Uh, I can't even say that <laughs> because Wolverine wasn't one I just, of his creations. I, Neither was Cyclops. I hate his writing style. Everything is so done. verbose. It, it, it really is. And, and it explains everything in every detail, like through um, narration, explaining why things are the way they are. They don't let the story. He does not allow the story to unfold for a reader. He has to explain it and explain it 
and then explain it some more. I always like to think that that's a product of 70s, 80s comic books where they were feeling, the feeling was, you didn't pick up last issue, so we have to update you on everything in the first four pages, which is a good chunk of the story. But the thing that I think he's he was the best at was creating those characters. You know, Kitty Pride, Colossus is one of his, his... Wait, maybe not. Maybe I'm giving him credit for too much. Yeah, he's a shitty writer. Claremont? Yeah. Why is he so highly regarded then? Because he wrote X-Men from the 70s into the 90s. He, he was on that book for so long into its peak. Didn't he do Phoenix Saga? He did. Yeah. It it, it was still pretty wordy. <laughs> I can't stand that style. I absolutely hate it. But he, he joined Jim Lee for the first couple of issues. Yeah. Then after that, I don't remember who was on that. Jim Lee might have written those issues. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but um, Scott Lobdell... Bad on Uncanny X-Men. Went over to X-Force for a while. Bad on that as well. Um, is that when Rob Liefeld was drawing it? It was Greg Capullo, I think, for so a it was after Liefeld left. Yeah. Because uh, Fabian Nassiza was on X-Force originally. Is that how you say his name? I've always seen it written, but I never knew how to say it. I thought it was Nicieza. Nicieza? I don't know. I'm not the one that we should... I'm just... I'm bad at pronunciations. Well, this one Nicea? is a particularly rough one, I think. Nicea? Is that how you would say it? Nicieza? I don't know. How do you, well, how do you say it? Well, then fuck you, because you don't know either. I wasn't busting your balls. I was just like, I've never known how to say it. I don't know either. I don't know if that warranted a fuck you, but it's all good. <laughs> Discord! Rejoice! <laughs> how? Where do we go? Pronunciations.com? Let's put it in there. He's from Argentina. You say that like we know how to pronounce well, Matt, Argentinian Matt, how, Matt, how do you names. Well, say well, now that I know he's from Argentina and knowing how the Argentinians pronounce. Uh, because that's part of what we do here is study that. Uh, how, the Argentinian dialect. How's it spelled? N-I-C-I-E-Z-A. Nikizia. I don't I feel know. like Nikizia. All right. Nikizia. I feel like if he was Italian, that C would be hard. But since he's Argentinian, it's soft sea. Either way, his writing is shit. <laughs> <laughs> False, sir. Because he was on Robin for quite a while, and they were great fucking stories. They were really cool books. Maybe Tim he, Drake. Maybe he got early better. Early 2000s, Robin. That was a fan. So is, do you think Marvel's going to do the same thing? The, the pick and choose? The animal game. We're gonna have no. Miles Morales and Peter Parker running around. New well, York City. yeah, I I believe that the one surviving thing out of the Ultimate Universe will be Miles Morales because Marvel is hell bent on jamming on that character. sucking Bendis's dick. Black Spider Man, y'all, down our throats. Hey, he he's half black, half Mexican. He's gonna be in the Marvel U, whether you like it or not, and you're gonna. And you're going to learn to love it. All that said, he is a good character. But the major thing that makes him good is that there was a Peter Parker that died in his universe. And I think you take some of that away from him by just cramming him into a universe where Peter Parker is alive with his aunt, his wife, and his kid. He'll be like the Nightwing 
uh, you know, of the Spider-Man world. Kind of like... Yeah. Occasionally, you'll see them cross over with one another, and, and just to remind you, oh, yeah, he's part of the Spider-Verse. But for the most part, he's all of his adventures are going to be on their own. He's going to do Spider-Man-like things, but it's not really going to be Spider-Man. They'll probably even rename him. He's not going to be called Spider-Man if he's going to exist alongside Spider-Man. He could be Spider-Boy um, or something different, you know? They are trying to push the whole Spider-Verse <laughs> thing with that Gwen spider Man, character. I heard a few of the things that are going on in Spider-Verse with the Gwen character, and I was just like, what... What the fuck is happening? Is that the one with, like, the white hood? Yeah. Yeah. Sexy. And we touched on, like, Paul dropping a bunch of his DC books. I feel the same way about my Marvel books. I don't read any Spider-Man books. I currently read one X-Men book. So there are a lot of things that, in in this universe, they're not working for me either. You know, I feel like two of the easiest characters in comic books to write happen to be two of my favorite characters. That would be Spider-Man and Batman. I feel like they should be a breeze to write, and they should always be awesome. And if they're not, you're a bad fucking writer. A tricky character would be Superman. I feel like he would be a really hard character to write. Um, But there is no excuse for bad Spider-Man, and that's all we've been getting for the last eight years is bad Spider-Man. What is happening... That the House of Ideas is incapable of making just a good Spider-Man story. No gimmicks, no deaths, no universe crossovers or like time resetting realities. Just write an interesting story. Why is that impossible for the House of Ideas? Fuck you, Marvel. Get your shit together. Well, they've had the same writer on there. I mean, Dan Slott has been heading the spider books for a good chunk of time is it dan slot though or is it more like the higher ups that are like here's the general way that we're gonna write because i feel like when i read dan slot i don't mind his overall like character interaction kind of stuff it's the bigger picture stuff that i'm just like oh what is going on here yeah i mean whatever do we think that DC is not doing that with Superman and telling whoever's in charge of Superman to kind of head him in one direction or the other? Well, with Jeff Johns being the guy at DC, he's he's his own boss. Yeah. You know, he's, he's determining what's going to happen in Superman. So, I don't know. Sometimes it's not good if there isn't, like, somebody on your shoulder giving you, like, good advice. The problem is at Marvel... The people on the writer's shoulder are people like Joe Casada, and and who's the editor in chief right now at Marvel? Um, uh, not Axel Alonso. Yeah, Axel Alonso. Axel Alonso. Cut from the sure exact same cloth as Joe Casada. Their their I think their vision was identical. So like it's just more of the same. With and it them. started off as a really good thing in the early two thousands with mm-hmm. some of the things that they did. Bendis and the New Avengers was a good thing. Um, the JMS John Romita Jr. run on Spider-Man was also a good thing. Joss <clears throat> Whedon on X-Men. That's titles. how I felt about DC. Then Mike Martz was on a lot of books. He's at Marvel now as an editor at DC. But early two thousands, DC was putting out a lot of really cool books, yeah. like stuff that I really enjoyed getting. And all of a sudden, we're stuck in a place where 
I don't enjoy any of the Marvel books that are out there. I walk through the, the rack and I, I check out books and I'm like, oh, I don't, I, there's nothing here that I want to read. There's nothing that's intriguing. I don't like Spider-Man. They've tried to fix him three or four times in the recent, you know, in recent times and, and, and they fucked him up every single time. The few books that I am interested in or enjoy seem to be the ones furthest away from the reach of the, the big editors at Marvel, like stuff like Ghost Rider, that nobody really seems to give a crap about. It's kind of doing its own thing in its own little corner. Albeit, I, I have mixed feelings on the story in Silver Surfer, and it is Dan Slott that's actually writing it, but it's still so different and out there, and I sort of feel like, again, this is another one where there isn't this, like, editorial control over kind of what the creators want to do. This one seems a little bit hands-off. I think that's what I'm trying to say. The books that are a little bit like hands-off when it comes to the editors at Marvel seem to be the ones that I gravitate toward. Like the big ones I'll stay away from would be like Avengers, Iron Man, um, anything that basically Even has Guardians now would anything, probably be a no-no. Anything that has movie tie-in implications are things that I'm not interested in, and which is such a shame because the entire success of Marvel right now is predicated strictly on the success of their movies and then that transcends into the comic books. And I think that the, uh, the comic books, regardless of the quality, because I don't think it's that great, are selling just because people's interest in those movies are so high. That, and I think your your a lot of your Marvel fans are like brainwashed. Marvel I don't think zombies. it's necessarily that. I think if you took the movies from both companies off out of the world, right. they just don't exist. It's just the comic books. Marvel and DC would still be selling exactly what they do right now. Yeah, I agree with that because the movies, I don't think are bringing in new fans. I, I don't... No, no, no. I don't, th I don't think it's bringing in new fans either. And I disagree with you, though, Paul, when you said that it, they would be exactly the same. Because I do believe that things like Guardians of the Galaxy sales are spiked right now because of the film. And, you know, Marvel fans are buying those mainly, right? Um, it's just that more Marvel fans are buying it because the movie was really good that book would be selling a fraction of what it is if that movie had never come out. I haven't met one person that was like, oh my god, that movie is so great, I can't wait to go get the comic book. But I know tons of people that are like, oh, I fucking love those movies, I can't wait to fucking stroke my shit all over those movies. And I'm like, oh, are you going to read the book? Nah. What's weird, though, is The Walking Dead has the effect where People watch the TV show and they want more, yeah. so they go to the store and they pick up the book. And right. they buy the first trade paperback. Yeah. I think that, and, and they still enjoy it, and it's something that's similar to the experience with the TV show, even though the plot is not the but same, even, but it's similar in feel, yeah, whereas but, maybe the Marvel books but even don't though, give the same feel. Even though Guardians of the Galaxy is only on issue 20. It's still, oh man, there's 20 of these. How many of these do I have to get? Like, I think it's yeah. way... Walking Dead's so... Yeah, so yeah easy. It's more easily accessible. But to try to further um, emphasize my point, Rocket Raccoon would not have its own title if the movie had never come out. If audiences hadn't fallen in love right. with that adorable CGI raccoon, 
there would be no racket. Or they hedged their bet problem. that they would fall in love with it and, you know, started making that book, I think, even before the film came Probably, out. but you know what? I mean... But I don't, I don't necessarily think comic sales would be that much far off from what they are now if the movies from either company didn't exist. I, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What do we think could make these books better? Less control from executives? I think scale the stories back. I think the stories, they they are in a constant state of trying to outdo themselves by bigger and more and badder. You okay over there, Paul? It's a fucking fruit fly. It's driving me nuts. Oh, the old fruit fly. <laughs> fruit it's fly a, in the podcast. Did you get it? No, it's over. It's, it's somewhere. Keep going. Um, Wait, so yeah, scale I think, back. You're saying I really do. I think there there has they've abandoned letting characters kind of dictate storylines and letting audiences really connect with characters. And instead, they're like, here's this grand story that's just how cool is this because it affects an entire universe. Oh my god. Who cares? We've, you we've didn't give me enough that. time to connect with these characters for that big grand thing to right. mean People anything. didn't fall in love with Spider-Man because of... I don't... I can't even think of uh, whatever... Because of maximum carnage. Be, right. Nobody gave a shit about that. They, they Like the character of Peter Parker. Right. So... What do, you, what do you think, Ian? I agree. Scale back. Um, you know, I, I think that in the beginning of the 2000s, whenever they talked about no no big company-wide crossovers, and they did that for a while at Marvel, I think that was a good step to let the writers write their books and take as long as they wanted with each story and not worry about cramming in different stuff. So that's what I would do. I agree. Scale back. No crossovers. And less control from the corporate entities. Just let let Spider-Man be good for two years without having to kill somebody or or cross it over with something or reset it or whatever. Just write a good storyline. I say no more new characters. Here's here you go, Jeff That's Johns. Awful here drastic. you go, Scott Lobdell. We're gonna put you on this book. Here is the Green Lantern universe. Here's the Superman universe. These are the characters you get to use. Stretching back to the 30s and the 50s. No, but ending no at... New, no, yes. but, but with, no new characters. Without new characters. No new characters, period. Without new characters, you wouldn't have the expansive Green Lantern universe that you love so much because a lot of that was created when Jeff Jones came in and brought Hal Jordan back. That's true. And as much as I love that whole Jeff Johns run, my favorites are the first three trades before he gets into creating all the different rings and all those different characters. When it's Hal Jordan on Earth waking up next to some girl he doesn't Mac remember and the name of. Yo. When he's going out getting a beer with Ollie in Coast City. Those first three trades are my favorite of that run. And it's all classic DC characters. Yeah, all the War Light stuff, all the different rings. Really cool, and those characters feel like they've been part of the DC universe forever. But, stop. 
stop. The reason I'm not buying Batman is because Scott Snyder can't stop jerking himself off and there's a new character every fucking issue Wait, of those you books. you could have just started it. I can't read Batman anymore because Scott Snyder can't stop masturbating. <laughs> the pages are always so sticky. Every time he comes, there's a new character. I can't handle it. And I, I, it's the same way with fucking Scott Lobdell. And that's, uh, that's, what Harper. Hurt, that's what hurt the fucking Superman books when they relaunched. Everyone was new character happy. Stop. There's enough. There's plenty. And there's there's rich ground to mine. Use what's there. And this is going to spark all the arguments, but they're all white males. Mm-hmm. Sorry. 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 So, there was a little bit of Star Wars news. Now that we have dinner out of the way, let's get to dessert. Shall we? Like a big, fat cheesecake factory dessert. Mm. We're all so stuffed. Paul, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, I don't really know. That's a that's a great, great, uh, I don't like traditional dessert that you get out at a restaurant. Whatever. Or can I say? I like fast food dessert, like McDonald's apple pie. Or can I say the Choco Taco? You can say the Choco Taco. I'm so disappointed in you. What I was going to say. You really went there. What I was going to say are the um, mini cheesecake filled pumpkin gobs. That sounds delicious. I don't I know will, I will house a fucking 12-pack of those in about 30 seconds. Ian, what's that your sounds, favorite dessert? That sounds delicious. Give me some homemade fucking pie. Apple pie. Cherry pecan pie. Pecan pie. Cherry pie. Cherry pie's my favorite, but like with a side of vanilla ice cream. Cold drink of water. It's such a sweet it? surprise. Looks so good. Make a grown man cry. <laughs> now we're just talking about pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so the the nope. dessert this week, uh, it's not cherry pie, it's not pumpkin gobs or whatever you it's like. It's blue milk. It's blue milk, straight from Aunt Beru's kitchen. <laughs> thought you were gonna say Aunt Beru's teeth. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Because in my head, I was like, where does blue milk come Oh, no! I was like, oh, shit, he's going there. (laughs) And at the same time, I was thinking... That mixer that they have, and he's like squirting it in there. I was was thinking that's so uncharacteristic for Matt. (laughs) Luke just never knew. (laughs) Just pumping it on out. Oh, blue milk. It's like Lowen's favorite dessert. <laughs> Does the body good. <sighs> so now that we've talked about uh, blue tit milk, <laughs> why don't we get on to the title of the new chapter of the Star Wars saga. Matt! What is it? It's going to be Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. That's it. That's the title. Good night, folks. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? What was your first reaction whenever you saw My first, first reaction was, oh my god, I can't believe they have a title already. I wasn't expecting this. This is so exciting. This, is, the- this is Monday night now. This was released Thursday, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. So we've had like Half four full days yeah. to process this. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to say digest, and I was like, like that blue milk. That we're <laughs> you all need to digest. It goes down smooth. Mm. It's like a good bourbon. Gets you drunk. So, <laughs> yeah, my, my first reaction was like total excitement just because this is another big Star Wars announcement of which we really haven't had a whole lot for a movie that has finished filming. They've actually wrapped principal photography on this movie and we don't know shit but we know the title and we know some rumors and we know some of the actors that are in it and that's kind of it so I was really excited that there's a title and then I you know looked at it and I was like oh that's kind of cool I like that I think it's and then I started like applying it to some of the rumors that I've heard and then it started to make sense and then it kind of makes sense on some other levels like um you know, The Force Awakens, it almost sounds like it's kind of a, in a way, like talking about the rebirth of Star Wars, in a sense, that, you know, it was kind of dormant for about 10 years, and now it's coming back, and it's going to be... Do we feel like it was dormant, though? There was a lot of Star uh, Wars stuff the past well, 10 years. This is a new era for Star Wars. It is a new era, and, and while there was the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars sort of felt like a, a bit of a... Like a shitty appetizer. Like a fortune cookie. Uh, that's Isn't a dessert. That's a shitty dessert. Yeah. Shitty dessert. Well, I wouldn't say that. But, like a burnt... But it did feel egg. like it was it was more of a last gasp for Star Wars as opposed to like... Um, like some of Scott Snyder's latest characters. Yeah, what? Just dust coming out of his penis. Uh, I don't know. But um, but it felt kind of like it was it was marking the end of an era and it because there were there were those rumors that we were going to get a live action star wars show which the longer time went on the more we're like yeah that ain't happening and frankly that never really excited me that much like it was cool in the sense that oh more star wars but it's like man i wish they would just do more movies that's what i really like that's what it feels like star wars should be and and i'm a i'm a ardent tv fan but Star Wars belongs in the theaters. Yeah. And um, I would like to read those scripts that were written. <laughs> Supposedly they had written like something like 200 scripts or maybe that maybe that number's wrong, but a shitload of scripts for this TV show that just ended up going nowhere. When was the era of, like in the... It was going to take place uh, during the dark times. So basically we're... Before the Empire. Uh, no, the dark times would be during the empire mm. after the 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 rebellion or the um the republic like sort of in the where rebels is taking place exactly right now. where rebels is now maybe a little closer to episode three though i think um but that was the general era it was going to be a much much darker um toned uh tv show than any of the films um but the problem was they couldn't find a way to do it on a reasonable budget for what they were trying to do. They were essentially trying to make one-hour films every week, and the technology just wasn't there to make it happen. And then, obviously, the... I think... Here's what happened. From what I understand, George Lucas basically, in secrecy, started working on the sequel trilogy. And then he decided to sell to Disney... Um, he he had already contacted Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and told them, hey, I'm going to make episodes 7, 8, and 9. 
and um, essentially got their buy-in on it. Now they hadn't signed anything yet, but they were interested and, and the gears were in motion and then the sale to Disney happened. So he was gonna make them, but I think he got to a point in his life where he's like, well, you know, I'm about 70, I think he's, I think when he sold it, he was 70 years old and I don't think he wanted to commit the better part of a decade, the, the last of his few decades to making movies or at least to be so tied to uh, to the franchise like he is. So, um, I don't... Where, how did I go off the rails exactly? But I like the title. I like yeah, the that's title. where... That's why I didn't um, like it. I think it. I think it's cool. I do. I think... And, and I've seen it... You know, the fanboys have already done the, the logo treatment. I've seen it online, like that classic block where it says star at the top and then there's a little line that connects it all the way to the bottom where it says wars and then in the middle it says the force awakens and it looks cool it, I feel like it it kind of fits with um with the rest of the with the rest of the saga Ian I don't hate it <clears throat> but after really thinking about it I think it is a little little uh, softer than some of the other titles um, I think that it falls underneath Empire, Jedi, even The Phantom Menace as titles that I, I really enjoyed and liked. Now, it's just a title. That is pretty cool. It's just a title. I don't hate it. I don't even dislike it. I don't feel like I felt whenever Attack of the Clones came out and it was kind of laughable and kind of silly. Um... Attack of the Clones is still a terrible title. It was a bad title when we all first heard it, and it's one of those titles that has never grown on us. It's just, it doesn't help, too, that it's attached to the worst of the six Star Wars movies. It's just... It's so corny. It's real, like, and I realize, oh, you know, inspired by the Saturday serials and, you know, supposed to be a little bit cheesy. That's cool. The Empire Strikes Back is like that, too, but that doesn't sound ridiculous. You can't, you can't hear Attack of the Clones and not think Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or something yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's just, just wacky. It's absurd, especially when we knew going in it should be called the fucking Clone... Well, just the Clone Wars. It should Wars. have been the Clone Wars. And, you know, that's another problem with the movie in general is that the movie barely touched on the Clone Wars. It was just the last 30 minutes was the very beginning of the Clone Wars where... This was a major misstep on the entire prequel trilogy, but the second movie should have been The Clone Wars. The thing that we were told about in the original trilogy, The Clone Wars, this big event that happened, that's exactly what we all expected to see, and then they skirted around it and didn't really do they, it. They, the beginning of The Clone Wars happens at the end of Episode 2. And then the and end. And then the end of The Clone Wars happens at the beginning of Episode 3. It's like... <laughs> Wait, and then they put the TV, they insert the TV show, and they're giving you all the Clone Wars stuff. It feels like they were afraid <laughs> to even do it. Um, th thinking back, I really like the, you know, Phantom Menace. That that's a great title. It 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 sounds mysterious and well ominous. In Phantom Menace. In retrospect, it's kind of a cool title, knowing what's going on. You know the. the the machinations, machinate, machinations, machinations. Ma machinations at work, like the, with um, uh, Palpatine, kind of 
because you don't I mean if you're a casual Star Wars fan or you didn't grow up with the originals you don't realize that Palpatine is the one pulling all the strings until he reveals himself in the third movie and um, that's pretty cool because like when you step back and look at everything that happens and transpires you realize there is this one guy that's operating in secrecy and doing some pretty uh, pretty nasty things um, so, I remember, though, leading up to The Phantom Menace, the rumor was that it was going to be called The Balance of the Force. Do you guys remember that? Vaguely. Do you remember that rumor? Yeah, I think so. And I remember, that's a fucking awesome title. And I almost wish that it had been called that, because this one, The Force Awakens, feels like it would be a great callback to The Balance of the Force. Um, because The Balance of the Force was a, was a major plot point in The Phantom Menace or in the Balance of the Force movie. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, they went with Phantom Menace, which is okay. I think it's a cool title. It's up there with some of the it, better. To me, though, it doesn't feel like the the kickoff to the saga kind of title that it should be. The Phantom Menace? Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds almost like a middle act or something rather than like the first one. Balance of the Force to me sounds like Oh yeah, that's number one. That's that's episode one. Am I? Does that make sense? You got you're shaking your head yes sharply. Yeah, I, I I would like that title more, but I still enjoy the Phantom Menace. Paul, would you agree with what I was saying? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, kind of sort of. I feel like the balance of the force would be in the middle, oh. but I think that's just <laughs> semantics on my part. Because yeah. we're balancing right. things. Right. Yeah. So, Paul, how did you feel about this title? Indifferent. Totally indifferent. I think it's... Of the seven movies that have been titled, I like three of them. I Jedi, Sith... Jedi, Sith, and Empire. Empire. I'm indifferent to two of them. Phantom or, Menace. Indifferent to three of them, I guess, and then I dislike clones. The Phantom Menace, A New Hope, and Force Awakens. I'm like, so the fuck what? They're all fucking boring. Phantom Menace probably the least boring of of the three because there's it's mysterious. There's, there's something ominous. going on. Something's something's happening. And sure, there's stuff happening in the Force Awakening. It's something's waking up. Waking up. There is action, but it's like slow, stretchy, yawny. We're we'll get there eventually. Action. It's like eh, we'll get there. Don't worry about this one. Come on back for episode eight. The balance of the force. <clears throat> yeah. The ultimately, what I don't like about about this title is what it pretends for, what the movie is going to be about, and what all the rumors seem to point to, and that Luke Skywalker pulls a fucking Bruce Wayne and Dark Knight Rises, and he's like, I have all this power, and I'm just going to fucking take an eight-year break. See ya. All this build-up in the original trilogy, I've spent you know thirty-some years of my life after 1983 realizing hey Luke greatest Jedi of all time brand new newly minted Jedi none of the old hang ups of the old crappy Jedi order totally threw down and fucked up the dark side Sith's dead it's Luke brand new start he's gonna get all this shit together he is the guy the number one most powerful Jedi. 
we have ever seen. He is the chosen one. They all thought it was Vader. You were all wrong. It's Luke. Luke's the guy. But now they're like, oh, because all that stuff you believed for so long, throw it out. Because this is Luke's what Luke did. He's like, I burned my dad. Day is done. Gonna go chill out on Tatooine for a while. Maybe take a nap. Who yeah, knows? Now, it, all this points, like all the rumors and everything point to, you know, after Jedi, Luke's like, yay, party. Hey, Ghost Dad, Yoda, Obi-Wan. This is awesome. And then after the party, he's like... <laughs> no, he was like, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and that other kid. <laughs> but now, now I guess, you know, the party wraps up and, you know, reality sets in and he's a fucking angsty teenager that can't handle his position as a fucking Jedi. So what, he fucking goes off the sulk? So now it's up to John Boyega and Daisy Ridley to reawaken the Force. The Force should already be awake. By the time we get to this movie, the Force should be fucking Alive is shit. Hey man, you're late. You gotta wake up. And this, it, the Force Awakens may have something totally different to do with this movie. It may not have anything to do with that. Oh, but sure. that's I what, thought I wasn't gonna have to see it after this exposition. But with coupling the the title with all the rumors, that's what it sounds like. And I don't, I don't like that one. Bit. Well, I have a, a different take on it than you. Um, the way I look at it is. I don't think Luke is going to be in a position where the galactic, intergalactic police are looking to arrest him for a crime that he didn't commit, so he has to basically quit being Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, and he has to go into hiding. I didn't say this was going to be the fugitive. I said he was no, going to be No, 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 you said it was like Dark Knight, like Batman. Oh, yeah. So, I don't, I don't think that. Whether he goes into some kind of self-imposed exile or he's imprisoned, which is like what some of the rumors are kind of indicating. Why would he be imprisoned? Because he's somebody a fucking captured him. Rebellion hero. You can't capture him. He's the you greatest yeah. Jedi of all time. So what's the point of the movie? Like, why should we even tell any more stories if he cannot be defeated? Exactly. If they didn't make this seek this new trilogy, I would be okay with that. Well, just don't go then. Don't go. Don't go. I don't, we'll go. I don't want and my memories of Luke insult. Skywalker to be tainted with. Just don't go. With that, like the Shadows of the Empire bullshit. Oh, I gotta, I gotta try the dark side to see if I can overcome it. You already overcame it. You did it in the Death Star too. If you're gonna be hating on something, and I know you like to do that, make sure that you're hating on the right thing. It's called Dark Empire, not Shadows of the Empire. Whatever. Expanded universe bullshit doesn't count anyway. <laughs> So, um, what I think could, could possibly be at play here is that there is a, I, I suspect that Luke is in some kind of self-imposed exile, but I don't necessarily think it's because his powers have grown too great. I actually hope that he is not some kind of Grandmaster Jedi. I hope that he's a very accomplished and powerful Jedi, but in my mind, I like knowing that Yoda is the all-time master. Um, and I, I think that something happened to Luke that forced this exile. Like Harvey Dent killed his girlfriend. No, what I actually think happened is maybe one of his children were killed or, um, uh, or his wife or something that he felt was his fault. Or his best friend stole his, his, his lo the love of his life. But it was his sister, too. So he's really, like, confused about his sexuality and... And that too. 
And that's why he goes into some kind of exile. Meanwhile, there are things at play, like some dark side kind of things that are starting to like pick up steam. Dark Jawas. On the other side of the Sith galaxy. Jawas. And they can be force active. So Luke eventually is found by, I think, I think the younger cast, like the John Boyega and Daisy Ridley characters, somehow track Luke down and they basically alert him to this new threat. And then he's like, okay, I cannot just sit here. I have to like deal with this. Hence the Force Awakens. To me, that sounds cool. It, th- like picture like a time of relative peace. What does he have to go do? What does he have to do? What is what is a great warrior supposed to do during a time of peace? Well, why can't he go and meditate for ten years if that's he needs what to he feels? Help he has rebuild to do. the Republic. He's not just a great Jedi. He's a war hero. He's a tentpole in the new regime. He's also the son of Hitler. Yeah, who blew up the Death Star and brought down the Empire. Like, no one's like, hey, I don't think we trust you because you're Darth Vader's kid. You did all this stuff to help the Rebellion, but we still don't trust did, you. Did he bring down the Empire, or did Lando Calrissian and Admiral Akbar do it? He brought down the Emperor. And everybody doesn't have that, to know that he's Darth Vader's son. Like, he only told his sister. Yeah, but you know how those politicians are. They have big mouths, and that shit got out. You know that. That yappy bitch. But what I'm saying is, yeah, maybe they don't know about his um, his family history, but at the same time, maybe they don't know about his personal war credentials either. I feel like him as a character, who he is, it's the same thing they fuck up with Superman all the time. Whenever some big shit happens, like in Kingdom Come or in Future's End now, there's some big war and Superman has to kill somebody and then he's sad and he can't deal with it. So then he fucking goes off and disappears in the fucking African bush for fucking years. And Superman no one knows where Superman in the is. African bush? In I had Future's no idea End. he went that way. In Future's right. End, yeah. Or in Kingdom like, Come, when, he, when he goes back, he hangs up the tights, he goes back to Smallville and he's just a fucking farmer. Fuck you, Superman doesn't do that. If people need help, Superman is there to help. If there's shit going on, Luke Skywalker is there to help. He's not the A-team, dude. He's one man that had his journey, he completed it, and why can't he go back to his simple life of uh, being a farmer? Because he never wanted that in the first place. He wanted to be involved in all this shit. And he was, and he fulfilled his destiny. Right, and now he's going to continue fulfilling it. Oh, there's more. Yeah, just helping the Republic, being what, a good guy, now, now how rebuilding about this? the Jedi Order. Well, how about this? What state do you, we feel that the universe is in? Sure, the Empire is gone, but that doesn't mean that other well, forces are, aren't out there. or the, that Luke should be ready to battle against. Not hiding off... Crying in his fucking say anything. Okay, hold on a second. Understand, he's 65 years old now. Like, sorry, crying in his Jim Croce CDs. Then I like the first. (laughs) He's 65 years old. Maybe he doesn't. You know, there are younger soldiers that are going to fight this battle. Um, From what I understand, it sounds like he had trained some people and passed on what he learned. So it's not like he dis. He just did nothing. But what I'm saying, there was some kind of event, whether it was like a child's death or an apprentice's death or turned to the dark side where maybe he felt like 
I tried to be a master, but I, I lost my student to whatever circumstance. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. I can't do it. Um, and so then he quits doing it. He's, he's already 65 years old, as if he hadn't accomplished enough by the time he was like 25. He had nothing else to prove. Right, he doesn't. But he but doesn't just fucking did. quit either. Maybe he's just retired. Maybe he did all those other things and Can't he's, retire. he's just retired. Luke, uh, Paul will not allow Luke to retire. No retirement for the Jedi? A 65-year-old Luke Skywalker is not a 65-year-old you or me. How do we know this? <laughs> because he's way more badass than me or you will be at 65. <laughs> how, how do we know this? How do you know Ian's not going to learn the ways of the Force and how become you know a Jedi here in the next few years? Already have learned them. Black people just, aren't Force sensitive. Does. Mace Windu, he was one of the best. And you, he went out like a punk. He kind of did. Well, he was an asshole too. Yeah, yeah. there were other circumstances. And all and for all my diatribes tonight, it may make perfect sense once the movie comes out. The whole plot line may fall into place, and I may be like, "Holy shit, that's great." And Force Awakens may not have to do with Luke Skywalker whatsoever. But it feels like the Force has been dormant. And we haven't seen a Jedi Would it be okay if it was only dormant for like five years? Like, he did all this stuff, and then he went away for a little bit, and then shit got real fucked up because he wasn't there to hold shit together. But I feel like shit wouldn't get that fucked up in five years. And it's not up to just Luke. So what the fuck is Leia doing then? You just shat on Princess Leia. Like, she can't do anything without her brother? I never said any of those things. You insinuated. I you intimated. I, I'm Maybe confused. she's retired as well. She's the same age. I really, I'm confused. With People retire in the Star Wars universe, buddy. Apparently not the big three. I yeah, think Han Solo is like piloting a Star Destroyer or something from what I'm hearing. And Leia is a politician. And Luke is, well, maybe Luke is retired. But like, well, I don't understand what your issue is. Like if, if what I'm telling you is the way it actually goes down where he just kind of walks away from a tragedy that he felt was his fault. So what is the, what's the Force Awakening from then? Why has it been asleep all this time? No, what I'm saying is the Force Awakens is a metaphor for him realizing there is this new threat that he was unaware of, but once he realizes it's there, he picks up his lightsaber and he goes to deal with it. Hence the Force Awakens. See, I don't think it's this is this these aren't going to be about Luke Skywalker. This is going to be about Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. So you so think, I think it's the Force more of a Awakens a applies to them? The, yeah, the Force applies to the Force. Literally. This new generation of Force sensitive people is awakening. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it's awakening within them, and Luke Skywalker teaches them how to harness that. But I don't. But I don't think that's what's gonna happen because I think. You, Wait, isn't that what you just said? What? Yeah, but I don't think Luke's gonna help them harness that because he's been he's been a quitter for who knows how long. But he can't. I mean, I think that he's going to be a teacher in these films, right? The Force Awakens title sounds like the Force has been asleep for years. Like oh. there have been no. No Force sightings, no Kanan no Jarrises, no Space Cowboys, okay, so, no Jedi. So let's no say nothing. let's say that these new characters, you know, start feeling the Force and they need the best teacher and they go find the dude that retired. Yeah, is that I okay? I don't like the start of that. That why are there no Jedi's? Why is the Force dead? Because Luke fucked something up, and I can't believe Luke fucked something up. 
Boy, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions from this title. Did I he, don't think I'm jumping did he, too did far. He, did he, like these are all viable paths for this. Maybe the force. Maybe the force wasn't needed. Maybe things aren't all that fucked up right now. Maybe, like Matt said, there's something off in the distance that we need to handle, and it's coming. And you're going to be a phantom menace. You're, perhaps you're going to need to be prepared, and you're going to have to assemble a new army of Jedi's to handle this. And we just didn't need any of that because we took care of the universe for all these years, and. I was able to retire and go off to Tatooine and chill out, but now we need some help and we need the best teacher that we can possibly find and it's Luke Skywalker, the war general, the one that has led us to all this prosperity. We need you to come out of retirement to stop this thing that's gonna mess up everything that's good that you helped build. Is that an okay version or do you hate that one too? <laughs> it's, it's not an okay version because he can't hate on it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe things aren't fucked up. Maybe it isn't dystopian future. Maybe he did do all the things yeah, that you want him to do, and he just is chilling out for, yeah, that's for a fine. little bit. That's fine, but do you really believe this movie's going to start out in fucking Star Wars Utopia? I don't know what to believe from a title. Phantom Menace was a utopia at the beginning. I mean, it was a time of total peace, and it was just the very beginning of Palpatine springing his, his plan. His menacing. His menacing, yeah. I don't know what to think. I don't know what We're to think. We're only either. speculating. We're only speculating. But, I mean, when you hear the title, rolls off the tongue, does it sound okay? To me, it sounds almost a little video gamey to me. Maybe because of that title, The Forced Unleashed. The, the, the Force Unleashed. I said The Forced Unleashed, but I didn't mean that. I also feel like it's focus group title. I feel like when the prequels and the original trilogy titles rolled out, George Lucas was like, this is what we're doing, this is what it is. And everyone everyone involved was like, Ugh, Attack of the Clones, George, I don't know. And he was like, well, fuck it, that's what we're doing. I read today that uh, Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams came up with that title. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it sounds like J.J. Abrams was like, how about this? And then they got in a whole bunch of people to There's weigh in on it. And that's why you get boring-ass The like Force Awakens. A? Not something cool. Well, okay, let me ask you this. What would you have preferred? Something more action-oriented. Like Attack like of the Force? Like Empire Strikes Back. Where something is, okay. something is happening. There are actual tangible things. Force Awakens is just... Give me something. Uh, Boom. Give, give me something right now. I don't have anything. Actionable. My When we had this conversation on text message and Paul was hating, I suggested the Force snaps your fucking spine. How about that one? Is that... That's actionable? It's very vicious. It sounds like the kind of title you could just bite right into. Yes. Like a piece of meat. Ah, uh, very meaty title. Like... The Force Awakens just Emperor's sounds airy. Boob. Like there's nothing, nothing really there. Like, See, I like, like like a New Hope. It's just it's wispy. I I kind of get what you're saying with a New Hope, but The Force Awakens to me feels like Luke is about to fuck some shit up, it, which he hasn't had to do in a while. It like reminds me of um, Old Man Logan, that storyline where he puts the claws away for so many years until he gets to a point where he absolutely has to fight. And that's the way I look at this, and I think that sounds badass. 
So I, to me, it doesn't sound airy or wimpy or light or like, eh. It sounds cool, and I'm excited to see what that exactly represents. I think you'd be excited to see what anything represents regarding this movie. Well, certainly, I'm a fan, and I and I. I wish I knew. I what don't it would bring take hatred into to every... bring you down on this movie. What did I say about the Attack of the Clones title at the beginning of this debate? I said it was a crappy title. And if it's a crappy title, I will say it's a crappy title, but I am not a hater. There are certain people at this table that are haters. Hey! I have valid reasons why I don't like this title. We gave you valid reasons why you might be wrong, and you're like, mm. Yeah, and I even said, and once the movie comes out, all this could make sense, and I may love every bit of it. Maybe. But right now, all the rumors that have come out, plus this weak-ass title, I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. You're not giving me anything yet. You're saying the title is a weak-ass title because you're applying it to rumors, but I'm applying it to the exact same rumors that you've heard, and yet I feel like my um, version of it doesn't sound weak-ass. I think you're just choosing for it to be a negative thing because you tend to hate stuff. I want it to be more actionable. I don't want it to be such a, so, oh, it's awakening. awakening. We'll, we'll be awakened a little bit. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So like the force explodes. In your ass. Yeah! Pow! <laughs> the force explodes in your ass. It's, it's, it's the awakens. It's just like a slow, stretchy, yawny. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I actually think it's a cool-looking word, too, when it's actually That's because it's out. in the old fucking Empire design. If it's in the Phantom Menace design, you're going to be like, all right, it looks like everything else. No, I think awakens is a cool-looking word. Again, that's another Empire one. It's a different font. Yeah, but it's still the Empire design. There, the Force Awakens. Wah, wah. It's not, and again, it's not terrible. It's not Attack of the Clones. It's just boring. There it is. There it is in the crawl. There Somebody it is. Put, put an image of it in the in the crawler. Episode seven, The Force Awakens. I don't know. It was a long slumber. Does anyone else have anything to add about The Force Awakens? <sighs> no. Or Convergence or Secret Wars. I think we covered it all. Hit all the main points. I think Convergence and Secret Wars are going to put my ass to sleep. Do either of you plan on getting the Convergence or Secret Wars? No. Jeez. Absolutely not. I feel like I have to, though. I think I'll give both a shot. And, and if they're not entertaining, then I will quit them. But I will buy number one of each one of these. Yeah, I plan on buying both main series, no ancillary titles. I agree. And the thing that will make me drop this book, either one of these, is if I am required to follow all the different pieces. Oh, um, hell no. I feel like um, Original Sin did that to me recently where I picked up no, zero, number one, number two, and I was completely lost by number two, and that was it. I was done. I was like, I'll read about this shit on Wikipedia. So hopefully, Convergence, Secret Wars will be nice and contained so I can follow along. And I think we all know we'll all be together 
on opening night of The Force Awakens. Oh, it's going to be great whenever I see you guys stab each other with lightsabers. <laughs> I don't expect... I'm super excited for that. I don't think I want to go with Paul. I don't expect he, to hate this when movie. When he's like... I hated it afterwards. No, no, no. We all have to go together midnight showing, motherfuckers. You, we you were there. To. You were there for that. Right. You guys saw Attack of the Clones together. Yeah, and he said that he hated it and you were ready to kill him after. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm going to take it a step like. further and I will kill him. No, I know. That's why we have to go together. Well, I need to let's see. Let's not it. forget. You may not like it either. That's true. I may not. I'm going into this thing fully expecting it. AD says it's going to be the best Star Wars movie yet. AD? Anthony Daniels. My name's Paul. Ian Sharpley. See you next time. Boba Fett, you fucking asshole.